You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. And you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey. We are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Yes, sir. You've just crossed over into the trend zone. It is Tuesday, January 30th. We're coming at you from Los Angeles, California, and it is, what is it out there, Casey? Uh, Dave, it's currently 55 degrees with a high-pressure formation coming in from the west there. Uh, mostly cloudy with a high 57 and a low of 45. All right. Thank you, Casey, football dude slash meteorologist. That's what I do. Casey, <laughs> Casey <laughs> you got a tasty nug for the people before we get going? I do have a tasty nug, Dave, but I am holding out for the Super Bowl when we will shower the people with the tastiest tastiest of nugs. So they just got to be patient a little bit longer. (laughs) Sounds like a nice teaser, Casey. This is the Trend Zone now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll get it started with the top trending stories Casey, where are we going to go to start this thing? Well, one man's trash is another man's treasure, Dave. (laughs) Kellen Moore, no longer the Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator. He's now the offensive coordinator of your Los Angeles Chargers. React. Yes, that's right. He was not unemployed very long, Casey. Uh, That is for sure. Probably just about a day, day and a half. Uh, as we pounced on Kellen Moore when he became available. And Moore's four seasons with the Cowboys had the top-ranked offense in yards per game in 19 and 21 and led the league in points scored in 21 also. If you average out those uh, four seasons that he was OC for the for the Cowboys there, he ranked top four in yards per game, uh, points per game, and third-down percentage. So a uh, little history, of course, he was a Cowboy quarterback. He was a Lion quarterback before that. And before that, Boise State Bronco, where he went 50-3 and three and was a obviously uh, very successful college quarterback there, a big-time winner at that point, Casey. Yeah, dude, and the Cowboys have had one of the most prolific offenses during the regular season, uh, during the, you know, the Kellen Moore tenure there. But um, lack of success in the postseason in Dallas, everything is bigger. So um, a lot of the uh, coaches and coordinators let go um, once they did lose to the Niners in the divisional round. Dan Quinn is kept. Mike McCarthy was kept. Um, there's speculation that Big Mike will be calling the plays. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer is an offensive, uh, not a coordinator, but an assistant or whatever. He might get to look at OC there. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But Mike McCarthy, uh, you know. His last run here, baby. He's like, look, if I'm going to go down, I'm going down, calling the plays. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. It will be interesting indeed because we'll see uh, whether your offense improves with the maneuver. Uh, And we had the similar situation. No success in our uh, playoff uh, this year uh, with Justin Herbert at quarterback and Lombardi as OC. We expect to get um, an improvement from this uh, changeup. And you know what? We'll get to see it next year as – 
My Dallas Cowboys are coming to visit your Los Angeles Chargers at the SoFi next year. Woo! Excellent. And the football dudes have the tickets. All right, Casey. Let's move on to the next story. Uh, the NFL has set the 2023 salary cap, and it has gone up. Oh, yeah. This year it was 208.2. That's $208 million, okay? And <laughs> next year it's going up to 224 Eight. Um, this salary cap has continued to skyrocket, except uh, post-COVID, where it dropped under 200 million down to 182. But it's back up. People are filling the stands. People are watching the game. So interest has never been higher. So that means more money out there. So that's a good thing for all the players out there. Yeah, and that means obviously with the cap set that teams can really start to make their specific decisions mm -hmm. about play uh, players they want to keep, players they can't afford to keep. Also, franchise tags uh, can be applied starting on February 21st, and of course, the new league year begins on March 15th. All right, Casey, moving along, uh, there are two new teams that are freshly on the clock. Yeah, dude, that would be the Cincinnati Bengals at 29. And at 30, it's supposed to be the San Francisco 49ers, but go with me here. That's actually going to the Broncos. They got that first rounder from San Francisco after a midseason trade that sent Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. Miami owned the pick at the time after getting it from the 49ers a few years ago. You remember that, Dave, when they moved up for quarterback Trey Lance. Now that pick belongs to the Broncos. Congratulations, Denver. You're back in the first round, baby. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of teams without a first round pick in this year's draft. It's going to be just like last year. It's going to be very, very interesting with all the teams with the opportunity mm -hmm. to move up and down the board. All right, Casey, let's get into uh, the championship games over the weekend. Um, we'll get started with the NFC championship, and it was the Philadelphia Eagles defeating the San Francisco 49ers 31 to 7 in a game that unfortunately wasn't as exciting as we probably all help, hoped it would be. No, dude. And, um, you know, right off the bat, the Eagles come down, looked like uh, Jalen Hurts hit Devontae Smith for a huge catch. Two plays later, Miles Sanders ran that into the end zone, untouched for the go-ahead TD. But replay after the fact showed that Devontae Smith did not catch that ball, and yep. it was on – uh, Shanahan to challenge that early dude first possession of the game you have to use a challenge we got to figure something else out man we have the technology yeah. um, well they showed multiple angles Casey and I, I couldn't see that it was out I couldn't see that it was a then they found the angle then you were like Ooh, yeah, how, oh yeah after the commercial we found it yeah that was on the ground oh no but Casey that really you know that obviously impacted the game and set it in motion for this for for the first score there. But really, the the next couple of uh, possessions it was the big big uh, game changer, and that was when uh, Purdy got hit and then subsequently hurt, and uh, it was Hassan Reddick who had himself a monster game, destroying Purdy and pretty much destroying <laughs> the chance of a good football game. For yeah, us he destroyed uh, Josh Johnson in that thing too. He was yeah. all over the place. But yeah, once Purdy went down. Um, that was a wrap for these uh, 49ers, man. They could never really get anything going after that. And then Philadelphia really didn't have to do anything after that. And yeah. that was fortunate for them because um, Jalen Hurts did not look very sharp on Sunday. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, and early, you know, the it was an awesome play by McCaffrey to get it to 7-7. Mm -hmm. It was still like 
man, maybe this could, you know, maybe Josh Johnson could do something here and they can just run the ball and play great defense, which the, the Niners were doing. Um, but yeah, it was just too much to ask. And obviously when Johnson went down with his head injury and Purdy, we could tell it was obvious, could not pass the football. So it just, it, it basically made this Niners offense completely inept and they, they did a great job defensively kind of hanging in there. But like you said, the, the Eagles, I think, sensed that that they didn't have to do anything. They didn't want to take any risks. They were just yeah. going to yeah, run it a couple of times, maybe throw it short, but play it safe, punt it if you have to. Um, uh, they did not want to lose the football game at that point. They felt like it was theirs for the taking. And I'm not going to say the fix is in day, but once the quarterback quarterbacks <laughs> went down for the 49ers, <laughs> Um, they weren't getting any help from the officials, dude. 11 penalties for 81 yards resulted Oof. in seven first downs via penalty for that Philadelphia offense, man. So that that didn't help what the Niners were trying to get done all day. And that defense, they played pretty well. But um, penalties, yeah. three turnovers, um, yeah, uh, down 15 minutes in time of possession. You're right. Uh, Philly did shut that thing down and put it in low. But uh, – yeah. You know, the Niners just couldn't get anything going, dude. No question, Casey. And it's a terrible shame. <clears throat> now the 49ers head into this offseason with a lot, like a, a huge mystery at the quarterback position. It's certainly cloudy, to say the least. Uh, the word is Purdy is going to be missing six months with a torn UCL in his throwing elbow. We saw how that bent, and we knew <laughs> that was bad news. Uh, he'll likely be out for six months and that, I mean, right at this point, we know Garoppolo is not expected to be back. Trey Lance update, Casey? Yeah, he just had some metal removed from that ankle, so I can't imagine he's that close to being ready. I mean, we saw him on the sideline, but, you know, wow. more questions. And, dude, Shanahan's like, WTF, <laughs> what can I do to get a healthy quarterback tonight? Right. You know, like you said, Jimmy G's going to be gone. Who knows when Lance is ready? It's going to be six months for Brock Purdy. Maybe there's a Brady siding somewhere. I don't know. Yeah, they got it. They have to bring somebody in, whether maybe uh, more than just somebody like two quarterbacks, maybe a, a younger guy, uh, you know, and then obviously a, a veteran, maybe somebody that can can get hold it down for a little while. But uh, they're going to need somebody to throw the football around in OTAs because neither of these guys might be ready when the first uh, organized team activities uh, get underway. And dude, uh, network and sponsor like was probably wishing it would have been a Cowboys Eagles NFC championship <laughs> after what went down with those Niners early. Uh, what a dud game for what a great season it has been in the NFC. Um, yeah. But once again, you know, Philly just rolled all season long. They really didn't have any challengers the whole time. And yeah, I mean, they had the easiest schedule of any team, supposedly, whatever that means. And then when they finally got to their biggest challenge, they were facing a third-string quarterback who they knocked out, and then they were facing a fourth-string quarterback who they knocked out, and then they went back to the third-string quarterback who was the, a shell of himself at that point. So the Eagles have, have maybe not yet been fully tested. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Dude, they should have just gone McCaffrey-Wildcat the rest of that game. I, I wanted mean, that. It couldn't, it couldn't have been worse. Right, and at least you have an extra runner in the game, mm -hmm. a quarterback that can run the football there. So... All right, Casey, well, we'll move it along to the AFC championship game, which was a little bit more competitive than the NFC one was. It was the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Cincinnati Bengals by a score of 23 to 20. 
Yeah, dude. And early on, the Chiefs were like dominating this thing, but that Cincy defense kept them out of the end zone. It could have been, you know, 14 nothing early, but they forced them into a couple field goals early on. But you know, you're only prolonging the inevitable that Mahomes is eventually going to get this thing going. Yeah, I mean, it was a it was six to three, and it was a fourth and one uh, from the Cincy 14, and Mahomes uh, sort of had to buy some times moving in the pocket, moving mm-hmm. outside the pocket a little bit. And then Kelsey came open uh, kind of late in that play. And, you know, they just have that connection. Mahomes to Kelsey, they hit it. It's a touchdown that got the the lead up to 13 to three for Kansas city. And uh, not much time left in the half. Uh, the half ended up getting squandered out really basically by um, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Burrow threw a pick. Then the chiefs ended up uh, not doing anything since he ends up <clears throat> finishing up with a field goal and it's it's 13 to six halftime still anybody's football game at this point Casey yeah totally man and uh Burrow really wanting that touchdown to end the first half didn't get it but early yeah. in the third quarter dude maybe the play of the game is when uh Joey B hit uh T Higgins for the touchdown man he just went and high pointed that thing made it look easy that got the game tied at 13 and just a little you know back and forth and you know the the Chiefs got so banged up in this uh, at receiver, you know, uh, totally. Smith Schuster went out, um, Hardeman went out, and it was MVS that had probably his best game as a Chief. He got that um, t- TD and put those Chiefs up twenty to thirteen, and from there, like they just couldn't put that game away. And then Mahomes had the huge fumble at midfield, and went like boom, life for those Bengals, dude. I mean, I'll tell you what, uh, one of the biggest plays for me, Casey, was that fourth down and six that Burrow hit chase and it got it down to the six, man. And that was when Pirine was able to punch it in again. There we are sitting there at 20 to 20, you know, with what, I don't know what, seven, seven and a half minutes left in the game. It's like, okay, we got a reset here and we got a football game, man. Yeah, dude. And both teams had a couple chances there. And it, since he couldn't get it done, they punted with hardly any time left and then that dude uh, rookie sky Moore, had the yeah. huge return there yep. might have been some blocks in the back on that i might have seen something there but um regardless of that he did enough to get um the offense close enough and dave we we're so close to having an afc championship overtime game back-to-back seasons and we would have had the new overtime rule yeah this oh it would have been so sweet it was lining up for that but a late penalty Ugh. On the Bengals, dude, pushed up that Butker kick and made it pretty makeable. Yeah, and it would it would have been without the 15-yard late hit out of bounds um, <sighs> on Mahomes there. Uh, that advanced him, made it just a 45-yarder well within Butker's range. 60 would have been pushing it big time for Butker, yeah. um, and that would have likely led to overtime. But unfortunately, for fans of the overtime or fans of the Bengals, um, they uh, Bucker nailed it, and they, uh, with just a couple of seconds left, since he unable to create the miracle on the kickoff return with, uh, and there, there you have it. It is the Chiefs taking victory. Yeah, dude. And last week we were so impressed with that Cincinnati offensive line; they were just dominating the Bills. Completely up dominated front. the. Uh, and they were protecting Joey B, and he got sacked five times on Sunday by that Chiefs defense. And Cincy, dude, only one for three in the red zone, man. Couldn't capitalize and get touchdowns. Their defense held that Chiefs team intact, dude. Let 
just over two yards of carry for the Chiefs. But, uh, you know, you flip it back to Cincy's run game, they kind of just abandoned it. I mean, they were yeah. down, so I get it. But, like, it was such a huge part of what they did to dominate the Bills last week. It would have been interesting to see a little more of that. Yeah, and, and by doing that, Casey, I think they really fell into the Chiefs' defensive defensive hands where Spagnola was able to really dial up a lot of stuff. And Frank Clark, um, and, and specifically Chris Jones, dude. Chris, Chris Jones, Jones was an absolute monster he ends up finishing i believe with a sack and a half but um it felt like he was all over the quarterback <laughs> on every play like yeah. he was almost getting a sack on every play and i and it was just um he, he was so dominant he just really took over and just did what he does wrecked the game basically yeah and Spags moved him around a little bit and that seemed to help him really get him going and you know it was two sacks for jones the Chiefs so, defense, dude, you know, they're not great all the time. But when, you know, when the money was on the line, they came through big time, man. Impressive, dude. Yeah, it's a, you got to give Spagnola a lot of credit. You know, he there are some pieces there. They lost Jarius Sneed um, mm-hmm. uh, early on. The, rookies back there in the secondary. A lot of inexperienced dudes back there. And they all kind of played uh, their role. And, um, I mean, you're going against a great receiving group uh, as well. So um, they, they picked Joey B twice, dude. Yeah, so got to give credit where credit's due. The Chiefs uh, defensively took care of business. Mahomes playing on that um, high ankle sprain. It, it, it obviously hurt him, but it, mm-hmm. from a statistical, he was able to manage it. And from a statistical standpoint, he had a pretty awesome football game, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, and if you had a question who the MVP this year was, um, I don't think you do anymore to see what he did. Yeah. On the one foot was pretty damn impressive. And what him or he and Kelsey do in the postseason is off the charts, man. It's up there, you know, with Montana and Rice. And I think they're going to pass those dudes pretty soon with what they've done. So, um, you know, this is now three Super Bowls in four years for this Chiefs right. squad. And Mahomes with the bad ankle, when it all came down to it, runs the ball and and despite the pain, whatever, just plays through it. And gets the team, and then the the late hit out of bounds gets the team in position to win the football game on a run. Man, good stuff, dude. What a oh game. man! All right, and that sets up Casey the Super Bowl, which will be the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The early numbers were uh, Chiefs, but now still early. <laughs> it is uh, <laughs> Philadelphia minus two heading into this. Yeah, don't forget, we got the Pro Bowl this weekend, but next Super Bowl will come up Sunday, February 12th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. That's on Fox. State Farm Stadium, Glendale, Arizona. Chris Stapleton with the uh, the anthem, Babyface singing America the Beautiful. That's Dave's favorite. And then Rihanna performing at halftime. It should be awesome. You know what else is going to be awesome? We're going to have a Super Bowl preview edition of the Trend Zone coming up next week. We're going to take this game from every angle. We're going to have so many delicious points for you guys just to eat up. And you're going to have to eat, baby, because it's the last game of the season. Dave, <laughs> it's slipping away. <laughs> it certainly is, Casey. All right. So many ways you can check out the Football Dudes. Trend Zone now available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Football Dudes LA. Make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. 
or just go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I'm Dave. We are out of here.